It's 11 p.m. I have to be at work at 3 a.m. tomorrow. I've been up since 5 a.m. for Black Friday shopping, and the Sacramento Kings took three overtimes, but they got a victory in Los Angeles against LeBron James and the Lakers. Hell, let's do a podcast. Let's talk about it. It's going to be a buy or sell Black Friday as we tie in all of these buy or sell questions with this Kings triple overtime victory in L.A., Kings back-to-back victory since we last recorded a podcast. Let's have some fun on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, formerly for Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in SAC, uh, now for ABC 10 Television. And yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, I have to be up early tomorrow, but so what? I got to enjoy a triple overtime King Kings win in Los Angeles, as we all predicted. The Kings going into the Staples Center, soon to be uh, Crypto.com Center or whatever the hell they're changing it to, which is garbage. It's always going to be the Staples Center, even if I hate that building. Uh, <laughs> the, the Kings beat LeBron James. They beat Anthony Davis. They beat Russell Westbrook, all without Harrison Barnes, all without Rashawn Holmes. Off the back of another strong performance from Marvin Bagley, De'Aaron Fox reemerges as that big closer for the Kings, in addition to Buddy Heald, who hit some absolutely ridiculous shots that we all hated until they went in. Yeah, that's the Kings' win. Two in a row. They're now 2-1 and one under Alvin Gentry, interim head coach Alvin Gentry. We're going to talk about Alvin. We're going to talk about Buddy, talk about De'Aaron, talk about Marvin. I have a lot of buy or sell questions for you on this Black Friday. And hopefully you have some money left over uh, for these buy or sell questions. Hopefully you didn't go too crazy. Although the Black Friday deals, whether it was on kings.com, loading up on some Kings gear, maybe you were getting uh, the new City Edition uh, Kings jerseys, those black and purple jerseys that they won tonight in the win in LA. Uh, just seeing the Laker yellow with those uh, those Kings road blacks, it just reminded you, right, uh, of those, uh, those early 2000 series between the two teams. Except this time, uh, the Kings got the victory in LA that they needed the big victory in LA uh, in triple overtime, took them triple overtime to do it, man. There's just so much from this game to unpack. I also have to talk a little bit about the Kings win over the Portland trailblazers. The other night took a, a couple nights off for some uh, family time here during this Thanksgiving. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hopefully you stuffed up on all that Turkey and yummy calories and you're not in too big of a food coma. I would hate to hear you sleep through a game like what we got uh, in Los Angeles today night but hope you had a very happy thanksgiving and maybe it's not a coincidence that the kings are, are 2-0 and since i last recorded a podcast hell should i consider not recording a podcast until the kings lose again well if that's you i'm sorry that you're listening to this podcast right now i hope the kings don't lose their next game because then you can really put the blame on us here uh, on locked on kings but a huge win for the kings a very low scoring game and i was already prepared win or loss to talk about 
uh, whether or not the the Kings offense is really a strength of this team. And I've talked about that uh, at times uh, so far this season. That's actually going to be one of our buy or sell questions that we're going to get to a little bit later on. Uh, but then you see a final score, 141 to 137. It's hard to talk about any uh, offensive struggles in a game where you put up 141 points. Even if it took you three overtimes to do it, we saw the Kings put up 140 points in four quarters on the Charlotte Hornets uh, a, a number of weeks ago. So uh, Kings didn't look like they were, I mean, it was really until the fourth quarter, this game was boring. It was just a boring basketball game, even with like a 35 to 30 uh, third quarter between these uh, two teams. It just was a, a boring game, low scoring, especially in that first half, just kind of a grind out. Neither team really got any kind of flow going offensively. The fourth quarter happens. The Kings take a five point lead with a couple minutes left. It's like, can you, can the Kings close this one out? Then they give up a 7 0 run, and it looks like this classic, oh man, Kings blow a lead late. The Lakers are going to steal this one. Kings send it to the first overtime, and then the rest is history, taking three OTs uh, for the Kings to win this game. The last triple overtime game, I believe, was in 2019 uh, between the, uh, the Kings and the Golden State Warriors, and the Kings won that game. I think it was 2019. It might have been 2016. They put the graphic up on television. Uh, and I, I obviously didn't pay enough attention to it. But let's jump into some of these uh, buy or sell uh, questions here on this Black Friday as we try and uh, make our way through this game. And, and the first one has to do completely with Buddy Heald, uh, who was huge in the in, in the overtime periods and kind of the fourth quarter, but mainly the overtime periods of this game. He offensively was having a horrible night. I think it was like one of seven or one of eight, maybe even one of nine uh, from the field, maybe even three-point range uh, throughout the first three or so quarters of this game. Got going late when the Kings needed him. Finished with 25 points uh, in 40 minutes. And he, I, I tweeted out a couple of times, he had a couple of moments uh, of just like these no, 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 yes moments for Buddy Hill. And if you watch Buddy play, you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about his shot selection, right? Where Buddy will put up these deep threes or uh, he, he he tied the game up uh, late on one of the overtimes. I think it was the end of the first overtime by hitting a uh, mid-range jumper off of one foot while attacking LeBron James. Uh, like just these buddy healed moments where you're just like, if, if that shot doesn't go in, we're tearing buddy to shreds for terrible shot selection, but they did go in and, and we know buddy is capable of hitting shots like that. Every once in a while, he was huge in this game. Also clutch from the line uh, late in this game too. Uh, so buddy was instrumental. So a buy or sell question on this black Friday in regards to buddy healed. Do the Lakers regret not trading for Buddy Heald. Remember, it seemed like a deal was done. The Kings were going to get Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell. Buddy Heald was going to go to the Lakers. That trade ended up falling apart as the Lakers decided to make their deal with the Washington Wizards to get Russell Westbrook. Buying or selling the Lakers regretting that move of Buddy Heald? I'm buying it, and I'll tell you why. It actually doesn't have as much to do tonight as you may think because Russell Westbrook had a really solid game. Triple-double in this game, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. I'd argue he was the best player um, in the game for the Lakers, uh, even if uh, LeBron James uh, ended up scoring 30 points and Anthony Davis uh, gave them 23. Uh, he, he was very solid, Russell Westbrook was. Um, so it's not necessarily this game. I'm just looking more at the big picture. And this Lakers team is not very good. They're now under 500. They're 10 and 11. The Kings improved to 8 and 12 now on the season. This Lakers team has a lot of issues. Of course, they have plenty of time to try and figure this out. I expect this team to be in the playoffs, but do I expect this Lakers team to be a title contender like uh, a roster featuring LeBron, uh, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, amongst a, a bunch of other big names. 
that team should absolutely be a, a title contender. And in that conversation, this Lakers team doesn't look like they belong anywhere near that. Just very, very surprising in some ways. Um, but then when you look at like from just a basketball standpoint, even the, when they acquired Russell Westbrook, the lack of shooting on this team outside of guys like Malik Monk um, and Carmelo Anthony, it, it's it's questionable what they were trying to do. So it hasn't been working. This Lakers team could absolutely use a player like Buddy Heald. So I'm going to buy that they regret not um, not acquiring Buddy Heald. That might change later on in the season as Russell maybe continues to put up these good games. He's really been awful for the most part uh, for the Lakers this season. So I'm buying that. And for all of these buy or sell questions, let me know uh, what side you're on and why. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack. You can email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com uh, or leave your thoughts down in the uh, the comment section down below. Got about got to talk about De'Aaron Fox in this game because De'Aaron, he looked like last season's De'Aaron. He looked like superstar De'Aaron. Finished with 34 points, played 53 minutes in this game, also had eight assists and six rebounds. He was uh, uh, trying to put some pressure on Russell Westbrook for that triple-double tonight. Unfortunately, couldn't get it done, but it doesn't matter because he's on the winning team, and that's what's most important. We've seen a lot of triple-doubles and losses for Russell Westbrook over his career for uh De'Aaron, a 53-minute performance, uh, and in the uh, in the second half, in the overtimes, in the fourth quarter in particular, uh, he was clutch for the Kings, putting them on his back, had a really good shooting game, especially that mid-range jumper. We've seen him settle for a lot of like step-back, fadeaway mid-range jumpers throughout the course of the season, and a lot of them he's been shooting short. They were falling tonight, as was the three-point shot. He was also getting to the rim. Uh, De'Aaron Fox looked like his, own, uh, his old self, had some very clutch buckets to make sure this game went to over time uh in the first place great to see De'Aaron uh turning back the clock a little bit so buy or sell De'Aaron Fox being back since Alvin Gentry took over Fox is averaging over 23 points per game he's playing very very well he looks comfortable uh and and this kind of start I'm not going to put this all on Alvin Gentry and say it was Luke Walton's fault by any means um because this started he started looking a little more comfortable and getting into a little bit of a rhythm before uh, Walton was fired, but really under Gentry, he looks a lot more comfortable. Uh, these recent games, he he seems to to know to pick his spots, know how to be aggressive, and and he's not always looking to be aggressive. It's not every time he touches the ball, he's putting his shoulder down trying to attack. He's picking his spots. He's figuring out when to uh, use that burst of speed and that speed that has been missing uh, at times this season. We're starting to see it uh, come back and emerge again, which is of course wonderful to see. Then we got to talk about Marvin Bagley. These last two games for Marvin, the win in Portland, he had a very clutch corner three. Some would call it the game-winning three. Uh, in Sacramento and had a great moment turning to the crowd and kind of puffing out his chest and letting out a roar. That's uh, been a long time coming for Marvin. Of course, all the frustrations of everything that's been happening off the floor, his entire NBA journey so far. Even if you don't like the guy, even if you're not too thrilled with how he and his camp have handled this entire situation here in Sacramento, and of course, we've been critical here on Locked on Kings and rightfully so, you have to enjoy those kind of moments and especially enjoy those moments when he's able to continue them. And he carried them into this game uh, in, in L.A. He came in, uh, was part of the rotation immediately, played in the first quarter, played uh, throughout this game, but it wasn't really till the fourth quarter, the second half, and then overtime uh, that he really got his burn. Ended up playing 35 minutes off the bench. You look at his stat line, and nothing really uh, jumps off the page to you. 13 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, uh, but had some very, very good corner threes. A couple of corner threes, actually, and his corner three just looks a lot more smooth. He looks 
a lot more confident with it. Defensively, he was solid. I uh, had a couple of possessions where he was guarding LeBron James late in isolation sets, and he stayed down, didn't bite on pump fakes, didn't foul uh, LeBron, just did extremely well. Looked like he was communicating really well on defense. Um, of course, there are still pitfalls. There are still issues. It's not like he was perfect, and two games aren't going to erase all the struggles that he's had, but enjoy it. Enjoy the progress when he makes it, especially when it results in a Sacramento uh, Kings win. So love Marvin Bagley. Got to give him his roses. But the buy or sell question, does Marvin Bagley have a future here in Sacramento with the Kings now that Luke Walton is gone? Are you buying or selling him having a future in Sacramento now that Walton is gone? As of right now, I'm selling it. And I, I, I think it's a pretty confident sell, at least on my part. Uh, unless things drastically turn around. And we're talking Marvin continuing this play. And if he continues this, if he plays this well, uh, he puts himself back into the conversation for the starting four spot. I'm not there yet. Maybe some fans are. Maybe you are. If you are, tell me why. I'm not there yet. But if he plays like this, he ties five, six, seven games like this with this kind of performance uh, together, I could easily see him getting back into the conversation for the starting lineup. It's a fresh start for him in a lot of ways with Alvin Gentry now at the head um, of that Kings bench. Um, so in terms of long-term though in Sacramento, I'm, I'm just, I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm not ready to buy that. I'm, I'm selling that. I still think it's more than likely that he uh, either is traded at this deadline and a team gives him a, a $7 million, more than likely his option will drop down to $7 million Um or he'll become an unrestricted free agent and he'll get a, a contract elsewhere. I still don't see Marvin having too much of a future here in Sacramento, although games like this are a reminder that he can still be valuable to some team, and it would sting Sacramento Kings fans if he was able to go to another team uh, and have success if he started to figure things out because he's just, I mean, he's walking numbers and he's, his athleticism uh, speaks for itself. Uh, speaking of Alvin Gentry, the effect that he's made, like I said, 2-1 and one so far this season, uh, Alvin Gentry is the interim head coach. He wanted to be named the like straight-up head coach, but the Kings gave him the interim title. Uh, he is under contract through next season, but usually you don't see too many lame duck head coaches in their final year without either getting an extension or a decision being made. Uh, the Kings will have a decision this summer. So the buy or sell question, buying or selling Alvin Gentry, having a chance as the, uh, the, the long-term head coach of the Kings. I'm buying him having a chance. I'm not buying it being likely, but I'm buying him having a chance, especially if the Kings uh, continue to play with the success that they've played with uh, over the last couple of games. Now, I've told you before, and I told you after the Walton uh, firing, I don't expect things to change drastically. I'm not going to allow two really fun performances, even if it's a win over the Lakers, which always means a little bit extra here in Sacramento. I'm not going to allow myself to overreact to that too much. Uh, and, and erase my concerns that I had when Gentry took over for Walton, which was this team not really being that different, not really changing too much. I will give uh, Gentry credit. I mean, you can see the adjustments that he's made in the game, adjustments that we weren't really seeing under Luke Walton. He's trying different rotations, and they're working out for him right now, although how much of those rotations changing out of necessity with the injuries to this Kings team doesn't matter. Either way, Alvin Gentry has figured something out over these last couple of games, and the Kings have gotten good wins, but I'm not ready to declare uh, Alvin a significant significantly better head coach than Luke Walton and the coach of the future for the Sacramento Kings that they should be committing to and offering a contract to right now. Uh, he does have a chance, so I'm buying that, but I'm not buying him being a favorite at this point in time. 
still have to talk about Harrison Barnes. I have a buy or sell question in regards to that. I have a buy or sell question in regards to the uh, the Kings offense being the strength of this team. Also about Damian Jones, who got some run in the first half of this Lakers win uh, and didn't play too much after that, but played very, very well uh, in the uh, Kings win over the Portland Trailblazers. We'll talk about all of that in uh, just a little bit. Hopefully you took the over if you bet on uh, the uh, the Kings and Lakers point totals in this game. And if you did, I'm glad you did it on betonline.ag. Around Thanksgiving time, we know what that means. Football and basketball. Nothing goes better uh, with football and basketball than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. More prompts, more odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this holiday season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and Receive a 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on to receive your bonus. All you have to do is type in locked on, all one word, you get free money. And it's not just football and basketball. Bet online is college hoops as well, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So there was an interesting angle with Harrison Barnes not playing in this game that I wanted Kings fans to pay attention to, and and I certainly wanted to pay attention to, which was, we know Harrison Barnes has significant value. I would argue Harrison Barnes is the biggest trade asset. So I'm going to ask you this right now, buy or sell Harrison Barnes being the biggest trade asset that the Sacramento Kings have at this trade deadline. That includes De'Aaron Fox, who more than likely will not be available in trade conversations. But I think Harrison Barnes, as of right now, is probably a bigger, more acquirable, affordable, and can uh, get you a good return trade asset. Uh, Maybe the best one that the Sacramento Kings have at this point in time. Not necessarily the most valuable player, the best player, but maybe the most valuable asset for the Kings uh, this trade deadline. I'm buying that as of right now. But what I wanted to pay attention to in this game was... How does this Kings team look without Harrison Barnes? Is there a distinct, steep drop-off? There's a clear gap in their lineup without Harrison Barnes there. Are they desperately missing what Harrison Barnes provides? And to the Kings' credit, they did get a win in this game, but I would say yes, they were still uh, drastically missing what Barnes provided. The Kings were forced to go small as Mo Harkless, who started in this game in that three spot for Harrison, he ended up getting hurt. Uh, early on in this game. So he didn't play very much. The Kings were without any wing depth. Uh, so they relied heavily on bigs. Uh, they got good minutes out of Marvin Bagley. Uh, Alex Lenz started and played very, very well uh, at that five spot with Rashawn Holmes being out. Tristan Thompson got some burn. And then the Kings ca- played small. I thought Terrence Davis uh, played very well in his 29 minutes. Obviously, Buddy Heald and his capabilities. Uh, Tristan, or rather, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox. Um, the Kings were forced to play small in this game. They clearly missed Harrison Barnes and what Harrison did uh, and what Harrison does. But they were able still to overcome it. Meaning, if the Kings were to decide to trade Harrison Barnes at the deadline to get a return, obviously it depends on what kind of return they're getting, unless they're completely blowing it up and and, and shipping their opportunities of um, uh, making the, the play and in the playoffs away. Uh, they're not going to acquire picks in this trade. If they're trading uh, Harrison Barnes, they're getting an asset back that is more than likely going to help them win right away, or they're tanking the season. They're getting multiple firsts back uh, for HB. That's the only way that I can see the Kings trading for him. And if if you roll your eyes and say multiple firsts for HB, no team's going to do that. Fine. 
That's fine. Like I was having a conversation with a David Locke, host of the Locked On Jazz podcast and the the play by play broadcaster for Utah Jazz Radio, and we were talking during a timeout because uh, recently when the the Jazz played the Kings in Sacramento for the second time, I was working with him on on the radio broadcast, and he was saying, "Man, I really want Harrison Barnes in Utah." And I said, "Well, here's here's what it's going to take." And 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 he mentioned like a, a late first rounder and like um, I can't remember what player he said, but I I said. No, the Kings don't do that. Absolutely not. The Kings don't do that. The Kings are looking for a solid player and, and probably a couple firsts. And he looked at me like, no one's going to give you that for for uh, Harrison Barnes, to which I said, fine. Like The Kings aren't in a hurry to trade Harrison Barnes. He's in his prime right now. Uh, he still has years left. Um, he, his, he's got one more year on his contract. The money's going down, and the Kings could probably negotiate another contract with him uh, on top of that. I'm not too worried about the Kings' inability to trade Harrison Barnes if their asking price is too high. But if the Kings were to trade Harrison, we can at least see in these games that they're able to overcome that. Now, a lot of things have to go right, plus the Lakers did not play very well and really take advantage of that. Um, so I don't know about long term there being a solution here in SAC without Harrison Barnes, but at least short term and in a one game sample size, we can see the Kings have some sort of success uh, without him. I do believe Harrison is uh, going to be uh, the major, the biggest trade asset that the Kings have at the deadline. So I'm buying that, but I'm not buying the Kings wanting to move on from him uh, and being equal or better uh, without him unless they get something significant back for him in return. As I said earlier, I was all ready to talk about win or lose. If it was a low-scoring game, I was ready to talk about um, how I'm ready to put to bed this idea that the Kings' offense is the biggest strength of this team. We know defense has been a significant weakness, and they've been trying to get better defensively, and the offensive numbers are still better than the defensive numbers in terms of league average. But watching the Kings play, they have been more reliant, at least in my opinion, they have been more reliant this season on their defense in two ways. One, if the offense wasn't there, their defense has kept them in games, especially early in the season, number one. And I mean, in this game too, the Kings weren't scoring against the Los Angeles Lakers in the first half, and still uh, they were tied at halftime at like 45 or something like that. Like that's that's because of their defense. So that's that's number one. Number two is, the Kings' biggest strength, in my opinion, is transition offense, which doesn't happen unless you get defensive stops. So buy or sell the Kings' offense, just in general offense, being their biggest strength. I'm selling that. I don't think it's that different or that much of a gap uh, between offense and defense for this Kings team because they are so reliant on their defense to get the offense that they need. The biggest strength for this Kings team is getting out in transition. Absolutely, without a doubt, their biggest strength. Their half-court offense still has troubles. Now, offensively, they got going when they needed to. They scored 12 points in the first two overtimes, 17 points in the third overtime. That's very, very good. 27 points in the fourth quarter. Very, very good. But they also hit a lot of big bad shots. Buddy Heald had a deep straight on three that he hit. The one-legged mid-range jumper. Um, De'Aaron Fox, some step-back jumpers. Like The Kings were hitting a lot of shots that they've been missing all season long. So I put more in finally some shots falling and some big shots, crucial shots falling for big-name Kings than I do in the Kings' half-court offense suddenly becoming good. I don't think the half-court offense was remarkably good in this game at all. The Kings were just hitting big shots. So I am 
selling the idea that the Kings offense is the biggest strength of this team. Maybe a caveat of it, a branch of it, transition offense, but I would say transition play and speed is the biggest uh, uh, asset or the biggest strength of this team. Then offense and then just barely underneath offense uh, is defense. So let me know your, your buyer sell on that. And then finally, let's talk about Damian Jones. Unfortunately, Damian only played five minutes in this game. Came out, uh, looked aggressive, looked like he was playing with confidence after uh, the, the Portland game, um, but only had two points, five minutes, no rebounds, no assists. We're not really going to dive uh, into that too much because what's there really to talk about. But you could see the confidence that he was playing with based off of how well he played uh, against the Trailblazers in a, in a game where he wasn't expected to play at all. And then he comes in after Rashawn Holmes got poked in the eye uh, and, and he was huge down the stretch for the Kings in that game. He and Marvin Bagley, the reason why they won this game uh, against the Trailblazers in Sacramento, had that massive putback dunk, or not necessarily putback dunk, but it got an offensive rebound and, and went up and had a nasty slam over Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, he finished with nine points, five rebounds and 18 minutes off the bench. So buying or selling Damian Jones being a legitimate rotation big option here in Sacramento. I'm selling it but not because of him. I'm selling it because there are plenty of bigs ahead of him. Tristan Thompson's more viable. Alex Len's more viable. When Rashawn Holmes is healthy, obviously Rashawn Holmes is starting center on this team. And now we're seeing Marvin Bagley get minutes and Marvin Bagley is playing. Not to mention Shemezi Metsu has gotten time starting at the four. So there are just too many bodies ahead of Damian Jones. However, he deserves looks. He deserves opportunities. And if he continues to come in to stay ready uh, and, and, and perform when his name is called, come in with that confidence and make uh, have an effect on the game offensively, defensively, grabbing rebounds, he's a good, young, exciting big that can help this Kings team. So those are all the buys and sells that I have here on this Black Friday. Remember to respond to all of them at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me, Sports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts down in the YouTube comment section down below. Today's Locked on Kings podcast brought to you our friends over at Built Bar. With Black Friday, there are sales going on right now on Built.com. Built is going all out to make this Black Friday weekend, not just Black Friday itself. You still have time. Black Friday weekend, the best and most delicious that it's ever been. New limited time flavors, all new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. You want high-end deliciousness at a discount? All through Black Friday weekend, get at least 20% off anything and everything at Built. Com. Enter promo code LOCKED20 to cash in on that deal. They even have a new flavor, the, rug, uh, the Ruby Chocolate Puffs, which I would try to lie to you and tell you I've tried it, but I didn't because a box of them was sent to me. I had a couple of them in there, and before I could even take a nibble, my wife had eaten them both. She likes it. It gets her seal of approval. She's a chocolate lover. I'm not so much. Like I, I like the chocolate of uh, the hundred percent chocolate on every single built bar, but she is like a chocolate connoisseur and she loved them. So if you like chocolate, you will too. There's also the lemon dip cheesecake puffs. I did try this one. I'm not the biggest cheesecake fan, but this bar was delicious. It's still not as good as my favorite mint brownie, but it's definitely up there. There's no need to fight angry crowds, no camping out for hours. Your best Black Friday deals are right now at Built.com. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bars. Get 20% off Built Bars and two free Crave Bars all at Built.com. Plus, you can get 60% off Built Broth and Built Boost and 40% off Built Swag. Just enter code LOCK20 at Built.com.
man, I need to go to bed. I'm going to be miserable early in the morning working tomorrow, but it's hard not to be buzzed and energized by that Kings victory. Uh, triple overtime victories are fun, but especially when it's in LA against the Los Angeles Lakers. I can't wait for a time that, that Kings and Lakers games are more meaningful uh, to everybody outside of Sacramento. Of course, they mean a lot to us here in Sactown for obvious reasons. Things were not quite over yet, um, but one day that rivalry will be as intense as it used to be before. And we'll point back to, to fun moments like this and saying, Oh, see, even when the Kings sucked and the Lakers were supposed to be good, the Kings were able to beat them in a triple overtime performance while missing two starters uh, inside the Staples center. So I want to hear your thoughts on these buy or sells. I want to hear your thoughts on this Kings win these last two games over the Kings can continue this stretch. It's not going to get too much easier for them. However, they might have caught, the wrong kind of break. I'm not sure if you saw, uh, but the Memphis Grizzlies are probably going to be without John Morant for a while. He had a non-contact injury. It looked scary. Uh, and I think it, it's, it ended up being just a sprained knee. Let me look it up to make sure. Uh, but I'm, I'm highly doubt John Morant uh, is going to be playing when the Kings and the Grizzlies play uh, on Sunday. So that's a break for the Kings. That being said, the Grizzlies are still a very, very talented team. Uh, so you cannot obviously take them lightly as the Kings shouldn't take any team lightly. Uh, yeah, a left knee sprain for John Morant. So we thought it could have been like a, a, a catastrophic type of injury. So just a sprain. Uh, it's still a, a big injury to the obviously most important player on that Grizzlies team, but it could have been a lot worse. So that's a that's a, a blessing uh, in that sense. Hopefully John Morant gets well soon and the, hopefully the Kings can take advantage of the Morant-less uh, Grizzlies on Sunday and try and make this Three in a row. After that game, of course, we'll have a Locked on Kings uh, podcast postgame pod for you. Uh, I appreciate your patience not having a, a postgame pod after the Blazers win, and I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving break. We'll be back to normal until we get around the Christmas season. I do have a vacation after Christmas coming up uh, with my, my wife and I are, are taking a few days off. I'll explain more of that later. But until that time, of course, we're back to 100% Kings coverage. More guests coming too. If there's any guests specifically you'd like to hear me talk to, talk Kings basketball with, uh, please let me know. If you could leave a review of the Locked on Kings podcast, that would be incredibly helpful. Best place to do that is on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Hit five stars. Leave a little blurb about what you like or, or any constructive criticism that you have for the podcast, why you would encourage others, Kings fans or just NBA fans to listen to the pod. I really would appreciate that. And I can't wait for you to join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.